time for the Vintage Truth Podcast with best-selling author and Bible teacher, Jeff Kinley. Welcome to the Vintage Truth Podcast. Here to strengthen your faith, to make you a stronger Christian, a stronger believer in Jesus Christ. You know, I read a book one time when I first became a Christian. I was so hungry for the truth and for God. And I read this book, and I think the first statement of the entire book said this. It says, if you are any kind of Christian at all, you want to be a better Christian. And that statement just hit me. It just struck me. But it also really tapped into a desire that was deep inside me, is that I always want to be a better Christian. Not just better in sense of doing good things, but just I want to know God more. I want to have more, not just not just the knowledge about Him, but I want to experience Him in my daily life. And, and I know that God does that for us through His Word. And so part of the Vintage Truth Podcast is to help strengthen your faith. I mean, don't you want to be a strong Christian? Do you want to be a better Christian? Do you want to know God more, know Him better, understand life more through His Word? So that's what the Vintage Truth Podcast is all about. Hey, for the next several podcasts, we're going to be talking about some of the topics in my new book, The End of America, question mark, Bible Prophecy and a Country in Crisis. And I want to tell you why I'm doing this. You know, one of the first questions I'm being, I'm being asked in all these radio interviews that I'm doing, and I'm doing radio interviews virtually every day for two months and sometimes several interviews per day, some TV programs as well. And just got back from Oklahoma and I'm getting ready to go to Texas, to Dallas, to do a TV show there. But one of the things that I'm being asked is why did you write this book? I mean, why write a book called The End of America? I mean, who just, who thinks of this kind of stuff, right? But one of the reasons why I wrote the book is because I love America. I mean, America is my country. I'm a patriot. I love my country. And I know you do too. You probably wouldn't be listening to this. And when you love your country, you want to do everything you can to help it, to to save it, to turn it around, to make it healthy and whole and good. And that was one of the motivations why I wrote this book. But another reason why I wrote this book is because I have a heart for Christians, a heart for the church, for the bride of Christ. And I want Christians to be able to understand what it means to be an American and a Christian. And so I wanted to write this book to help Christians understand where their country is right now in terms of its survival, in terms of its morality, in terms of its state. What is the real state of the union from God's perspective? It's God's state of the union is really what this book is about. And so I answer questions in the book and the questions that I'm going to be answering in these podcasts, next several podcasts is, is America really a Christian nation? I mean, is that really a thing? And can we call ourselves a Christian nation or were we ever a Christian nation? What about our beginnings? You know, a lot of people are talking about that today, that America really never was a Christian nation. Were we? 
How about where we are now? Are we really in decline? I mean, what's what's the state of America right now? I mean, are we overstating the case to say that we're in decline or is or is there stuff that we should be talking about? What about are we under God's wrath? Or is God's wrath coming? Has it already come? Or are we currently under a sentence of condemnation from God? What does the Bible say? How about this question? Is America found anywhere in Bible prophecy? I mean, do we see any mention of our country or allusion to our country in the Scripture? Is there a persecution coming for Christians in America? That's something people want to know. What impact will the rapture have on America and on the future of our country? How close are we to these things happening, to the events of Revelation? And is there anything going on in America right now that would point to the fact that we are getting very close to that day of Revelation's events? Can America even be saved? I mean, are, are, have we passed this point of no return, this, this demarcation line where there's sort of no turning back? Or can America be turned around? And then really, finally, what, what can Christians realistically do? I mean, what's our job right now? I want to talk about that in the next couple of episodes. And it's, it's really hard, you know, because I want to share so much with you from this book. I, I really want you to get a copy of this book. Books, you know, $14.99, get it for cheaper on Amazon. If you want, to, want me to sign a copy, go to jeffkinley.com, click on bookstore. I'll be happy to sign a copy and send it to you. But, you know, here's the deal. I write books to help you in your Christian life. It's, it's just about getting God's vintage truth into your heart, into your life. And, you know, some people are not readers. I get that. You know, some people should be readers <laughs> that are not readers, you know, because reading exercises your brain you know reading gets you thinking which is something that a lot of americans don't do a lot of christian americans don't do they we don't think a whole lot we need to think more and this book is uh, written to get you to think and each chapter in the book really addresses a different topic and gets you working a different mind muscle a different spiritual muscle uh, in your life and so I want to talk about just for a few minutes today about just is America really in decline? You know, what's what's going on uh, in our country? And, you know, there were, uh, I remember this experience I had a few years back. Uh, we were flying back from, um, I think it was Nicaragua. And I was getting a flight back and we the, the plane that we were on landed in, in the little tiny country of Belize never been to Belize before. And as we were making our final approach to uh, the Belize airport to pick up some more passengers on our way back to America, I looked through my window there and could not believe what I saw as the plane was landing. Because on either side of the runway were all these crashed and crumpled airplanes. Now, when you're landing at an airport and you see a lot of wrecked airplanes, that's not a good sign. That doesn't give you confidence that you're going to make it uh, in this landing, right? 
So I got to sort of tighten my seatbelt and stuff. What I found out later on was were these were crashed planes of some some were private aircraft, some were small commercial aircraft, some were uh, airplanes related to area drug trade, but they had all crashed on landing and then they just simply bulldozed them off to the side to get them out of the runway so the next plane could come in. You know, and that's, you know, kind of part and parcel of some of these um, countries down there. But as you think about history, history is kind of like that. History is littered with the crashed wreckages of countries, countries that have have come and been prominent and then been wiped off the scene for whatever reason. You think about the wreckage of nations, if you will. Think about Egypt used to be the world's superpower. They control the entire world. Not so anymore. Or a country like Assyria that doesn't even exist. Or Babylon. Or Persia. Greece. The mighty Roman Empire. It it just doesn't exist anymore. If you just said to someone at the peak of the Roman Empire, if you just walked up to someone on the street and said, hey, one day... The Roman Empire won't even exist anymore. They'd have laughed at you. If you just said that to one of the Caesars or to a government official, you'd have got put in prison or perhaps killed. But these are all man-made kingdoms that once controlled the world. They were great kingdoms, but now they're largely just buried in history books and beneath sand for a lot of them. We're, We're digging up some of these cultures right now. You know, that's the way history is. And in recent history. You've got other countries, other world leaders. You think of people like Lenin, Stalin, Mussolini, Khomeini, Gaddafi, Ceausescu, Castro, Saddam Hussein, Hitler. Hey, you know, Hitler said that his Germans, the German Third Reich would last for a thousand years. Isn't that interesting? A millennial reign, as if Satan was mimicking what the Bible says that the Son of God would do. I believe Hitler was a son of Satan and was perhaps Satan's attempt to bring about the end of time through one man ruling the world, Adolf Hitler, who surely was demonized. Third Reich, last thousand years guess what it lasted about 12 and then the rest of humanity that still had a conscience got rid of it wiped it off the map conquered it it makes me think of psalm 46 where the psalmist wrote the nations made an uproar the kingdoms tottered but god raised his voice and the earth melted the earth melted you know kingdoms come and go there are people that come and go who, who rule the world. But here's what we need to realize. You and I are living right now in history. And sometimes, you know, you look back on those kingdoms and it, they're just, they're pictures in history books and they're films and movies. And we have this sort of image about and perspective of what they were, but we're now, we're living right now. So the question is, If the world were to last for another thousand years or another 200 years and they look back on the United States, what would they say about us? 
would they say, yeah, United States, there, there's a big one for you. Well, they were a superpower back in the 20th century and part of the 21st century, but then, and then fill in the blank. What, what happened to them? You know, what happened to America? You know, sometimes people think, well, gosh, it, it's so morbid to think about the end of a nation or the end of a country or the end of an era or civilization. But I'm reminded of what David wrote in Psalm chapter, uh, Psalm 90, verse 12. He said this, he said, teach us to number our days so that we can present to you, God, a heart of wisdom. Think about that for a second. That contemplating our mortality is not a morbid thought. That could be, but, it, but it's not in, in its essence. It's actually a very wise thought. It's like looking at your watch and saying, well, visiting my son at college, I see that we've only got about three hours before we get back in the car and drive back home. Let's make these three hours count. Or you're a senior in high school, or it's your last year in college or grad school, and you're going, wow, one more year and I get out. Man, i got to finish strong in this thing. Or you realize you're, you're visiting your parents in a nursing home or in their home, in your hometown, and you go, wow, we're only here for one more day on vacation, and gosh, let's just let's cook out tonight. Let's have a good time. You know, when you realize the end of something is coming, a smart person, a wise person says, let's make it count. The unwise person is someone who just, number one, doesn't even think about the fact that time is limited. But they also squander their time as well. You know, David also wrote in Psalm 39, says, Lord, make me to know my end. And what is the extent of my days? Let me know how transient I am. Behold, you have made my days as handbreadths, and my life as nothing in your sight. Surely every man at his best is a mere breath. That's Psalm 39, verses 4 and 5. And then I remember what Paul wrote in Ephesians. He said this, he said, Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. Making the most of your time. And of course, Scripture talks about life being like a mist that rises in the morning, James says, and then just is burned off, you know. And the whole point is, is that our life is short. Well, if our life is short, the life of nations is also short when compared to history. And America is a relatively young nation. I mean, we're, we're, we're kind of like an adolescent, you know, when it comes to nations compared to places like Japan and England and Spain and, you know, Greece and Italy and countries like that. I mean, we're kind of a Johnny-come-lately. So we may be young, but we also have to realize that we will come to an end. At some point in history, America will be no more. And so contemplating that causes us to want to make the most of the time that we have in this country and to make her as good and as great as she can possibly be. And I believe that comes through the Christians who can do that.
So we have to ask ourselves, where are we right now? And as you look at history, you'll find that there are many countries who've declined in many different ways. And I talk about that in the book and give you a lot of different examples of that. But I think two quick ways that America has declined, and we can spend many podcasts talking about this. I'm just going to talk about this um, just for this one podcast because I want us to move on and see some other things about uh, our country that I think are, are very important. But there are two ways I think America uh, has, has gone downhill. And one is the fact that America has declined spiritually. You say, what does that mean? Well, consider this. George Barna, the great pollster, uh, recently released this statistic. He says 25% of unchurched adults are either atheist or agnostic. Okay, so that's, that's one-fourth of all the people that are adults that don't go to church identify as being either atheist or agnostics. And a third of them have never even been to a church. That's in America. Never been to a church. So what we're finding is, is that really the next generation of people that are that are coming up are really gospel resistant They're, because we're in a post-Christian age. And another poll was released that they ask even church members, they ask people who go to church, they said, what helps Americans grow in their faith? What helps Americans grow in their faith? And people talked about, you know, going out to the woods and thinking about happy thoughts and all these other things. Did you know that that church didn't even make it to into the top 10 answers of what helps Americans grow in their faith? And I think that's due to two things. Number one, because people have dropped out of church. Obviously, that doesn't mean anything to them anymore, right? If, if something meant something to you, then you would obviously list that. I mean, you go to your favorite restaurant to eat, right? You don't go to, to a restaurant that you don't like. So you're listing your top 10 restaurants. You don't list the ones that don't taste good to you. You list the ones that you like, right? So apparently, a lot of people are saying that church doesn't really help them. You know, I've had people tell me that over the years. Hey, my church, I don't get anything out of my pastor's message. I don't get anything out of church. You know, and sometimes that's the church's fault. Sometimes that's the person's fault. But either way, they're saying I'm not getting anything out of it. But we're declining spiritually. We're, we're more and more religiously unaffiliated than ever before. We, we're having less of God in our culture. So we're God-less. One quick other way. It's just through how we're decaying from a moral standpoint. We're decaying morally. We obviously see that in the, in the rise of, of homosexual activity, sec the sexual revolution, as Romans 1 describes, the homosexual revolution with the legalization of gay marriage and homosexual unions. I mean, we're not only accepting of gay marriage and the homosexual lifestyle, but we're promoting it as a country. We're celebrating it as a country. In fact, we're celebrating immorality in our streets today. We're celebrating what God calls to be an abomination. And so this, there's this whole rights. Uh, it's my right to do certain things in life today as an American over being morally responsible, moral relativism. Morality is whatever I say morality is. That, that's what morality is today. Less than half 
of children now live with two married heterosexual parents that are in their first marriage. So the increase of divorce, the increase of the, the, divis, the divided family, the decline of the family. You know, in 1960, that statistic was 73% of kids lived in a secure, stable home where the parents were in their first marriage. 41%, some say it's up to the 49% of children are now born outside of marriage in America. Isn't that incredible? It blows my mind. America is in decline. But guess what? Hasn't always been this way. Our next podcast, I want to talk about America's incredible Christian roots. Despite what revisionist historians say, we were once a Christianized nation. I mean, what exactly does that mean? How can we prove it? What difference does it make? We're going to talk about that in the next Vintage Truth podcast. Hey, hope you'll join me. Until then, keep the main thing the main thing.